right now we're going to get into something that um, we don't know exactly what it's going to be. And I think that's part of the issue around this is we got to try and even define some terms. A lot of the groups on both sides are saying, what are you talking about? Because we know that next month the government, the federal government, is planning to introduce new policies that will stop what they term inefficient fossil fuel subsidies okay now subsidies for oil and gas on one side of the ledger while talking about climate change and a commitment to end it on the other side of the ledger have been a pretty common criticism of the canadian government critics rightly pointing out hey you can't have it both ways either you're dealing with this or you're not, right? So that's one of the criticisms the Trudeau government has always faced. There has been billions in subsidies every year, depending on who you talk to. Industry says they're not subsidies, not at all. This is just the way the tax system works in our country. Others say, oh, no, no, it's subsidies. So that's one of the terms we have to define. And like I say, what's an inefficient fuel subsidy? There's lots to get into here. So let's let's have a conversation with Julia Levin now, Associate Director of National Climate for the Advocacy Group environmental defense. Julia, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on, Jay. So these subsidies, uh, and like I say, not everybody even agrees that they are subsidies. Your group's done a lot of work around this. You've taken a, a pretty hard look at what mo- your group, at least, <laughs> terms to be subsidies, correct? Yeah, we've done, we've done um, I think, the most comprehensive inventory at the federal level. And, and on the definition issue, I will say that internationally, yeah, all of the all of the authorities agree on what subsidies is. It's in Canada that we're having a debate. It's not an international debate. And like you say, you've put the list together. You've gone through it. When we take a look at it, what are we talking about in terms of how much the federal government is subsidizing uh, oil and gas in this country? So let's take last year, 2022. The federal government provided over $22 billion to oil and gas companies in just one year. And remember, that was a year in which the, the companies were making, making record-breaking profits. So, so what's in that $22 billion? It's both um, foregone revenue through tax credits, and, and those are, that's not just how our tax system works. Those are you know, in um, policies that were put in place to, to benefit the oil and gas sector. Um, the $22 billion also includes um, public financing through through Canada's export credit agency, a crown corporation called Export Development Canada. They've spent um, or they provided about $20 billion in financing last year to oil and gas, mostly domestic oil and gas companies. And a lot of that was also for the trans expansion of the Trans Mountain Project. Yeah, the lion's share actually went to the, the, the Trans Mountain, right? I mean, that's that's where a bulk of that money went. About half of it. About half of it, yeah. Billion, $12 billion, yeah. How does that compare with other countries in terms of what other countries, you know, G20, G7 countries, what do they do when it comes to this kind of subsidization of uh, fossil fuels? So until recently, Canada has been one of the uh, biggest fossil fuel financiers in the G20, providing way more public finance, not just per capita, but overall fossil fuel finance than most than most other G20 countries. Um, but that's starting to internationally. So, so we're not the only country providing right. subsidies to the oil and gas sector, but in, that's changing inter- internationally. Countries more and more are starting to shift that those, those public dollars out of fossil fuels and into climate solutions, green energy, um, support for workers. So, so Canada's now at this kind of inflection point where we could really become global leaders in this, um, or, or we could continue to be 
seen as the, by the global community as, as one of the laggards. Okay, help me out because I, I went over the list uh, that your your group has put together, and you itemize government support for oil and gas, and and it does include hundreds and hundreds of million dollars for the things you just talked about, like decarbonization, greenhouse gas reduction, methane emission reduction. They're all on that list. Now, that's not necessarily subsidizing oil and gas. You could say that's subsidizing climate change efforts, isn't it? There's there's different ways to look at this. So those those things that are included are on our list is when money is given to oil and gas companies. Right. I mean, like we just said, oil and gas companies, just the five biggest ones, made over thirty five billion in profits last year. That is, and they spent uh, of all of their spending in twenty twenty two, they spent point zero zero seven percent on climate on on reducing emissions. So these companies, with their massive profits, should be spending their own money on reducing their emissions. And that's just um, because of the, the the market. Like, it makes good business sense to be investing their own money in reducing their emissions. Why should you and I, who struggled to afford basic cost of living last year, um, provide handouts to one of the richest sectors in the country? Oh, I, and, I, so, and so when we talk about climate solutions, we're not talking about paying oil and gas to slightly reduce emissions intensity while ignoring the, the, the 80 to 90 percent emissions that come from burning fossil fuels. Um, we're talking about making sure that people across the country can put heat pumps in their home. We're talking about helping Alberta, who's already the renewable energy capital of the country, invest more in, in building out renewable energy. We're talking about retrofitting low-income housing so that people don't just have lower energy bills, but a better quality of life. So when we talk about this redefinition or or this this new policy that we're expecting from the federal government, they talk about ending um, efficient fuel subsidies, um, or inefficient fuel subsidies, rather. Uh, What what do you want to see targeted? Because, again, we've got the efficient versus inefficient and and subsidy versus, you know, taxation. So, I mean, the, the, the terms aren't exactly clear depending on who you talk to. What are you hoping to see from the federal government this summer? Yeah, so th- this coming policy that, as you said, we're expecting to see in a week or two, uh, it's many years in the making. The government first committed to ending subsidies back in 2009. That's right, yeah. Uh, and, and, and so this is a really important milestone. So, so on, on, and the definition issue is key. Like I said, on, on the definition of subsidies, the government should just use the World Trade Organization definition. Um, it, it, it's really, it's really broad and it covers all the forms of financial support that, that governments give to, to, to the oil and gas sector. That's what other countries in the world are doing. There's really not a debate there. Yeah, there's an international standard we could follow. We should follow, yes. Inefficient is just such a weasel word. Yeah. And yeah. the reason that's there is the G20 um, more than a decade ago, when the G20 all committed to eliminating fossil fuel subsidies, they snuck in the world the word inefficient. And what that's really let countries do is is let them off the hook of actually any real accountability because there is no definition for inefficient. So each country has kind of defined it in a way that, that lets them avoid actually eliminating subsidies. So so that weasel word, if it's not scoped properly, could undermine the commitment that the government has made to Canadians, but also um, undermine our, our, our climate targets. And so we're recommending that that word inefficient um, either be dropped or just be, be, be defined in a mm. way that's consistent with climate commitments, with consistent with efforts to 
keep temperature rise below 1.5 degrees. There are countries in the world, world like Italy, Peru, etc., that have just said all subsidies are inefficient. There's no such thing as an efficient fossil fuel subsidies in this day and age. Is that part of the issue when it comes to our federal government? Like you say, they've been talking about ending subsidies since 2009. They've had all kinds of targets set that they've blown by. They've talked about doing a lot of different things, but like you say, weasel word. And I mean, is there some doubt in in your organization that our federal government is really serious about this? The federal government, I, I think, does have a lot of a lot of climate ambition, a lot of climate commitment. When we look at the the biggest the obstacle behind behind climate action and behind why that follow through isn't isn't there. Um, it really comes down to the influence and power of the oil and gas sector. These are companies that for 50 years have known about the link between their products and the climate crisis, but have spent huge amounts of, of, of their own money in, in spreading doubt about climate science, fighting climate, um, climate policies through direct lobbying, through ad campaigns. Pathways Alliance is currently being investigated by the Competition Bureau for greenwashing, for example. We're on the brink of catastrophe um, because, because of the actions of the oil and gas lobby. So when we see the federal government not follow through on commitments, despite the majority of people in Alberta and in the country calling for climate action, you know, we're seeing yep, yep. the country burning down around us, um, the number one culprit... Are the, are the executives at these companies who are making huge amounts of personal profits by destroying our chance of a livable future. Yeah, and, and of course they would push back and say they've set the same goals as the federal government, right? I mean, you talk about Pathways Alliance, they've got the same goal of net zero by 2050, so um, that, that would be the other side of the argument. But I do appreciate your time, Julia.